Hello, this is Camus. Welcome to God is Real, God is Good. I have Javon with me today. Javon is a friend and he doesn't want a normal introduction. So he's Javon. He's unique and abnormal, but he's Javon. So Javon, why don't you tell us about where you're from? Well, I was born in Jackson, Tennessee, and I moved to Milwaukee, Wisconsin when I was three. So I'm from Wisconsin now. Yay. All right. Wisconsin. So, Javon, can you tell us a little bit about your religious background growing up? Um, I, when I moved from, uh, to Wisconsin, uh, my aunt started taking me and my three siblings to church. We grew up in a Baptist background and then we went to a couple of Pentecostal church, a couple Havasog churches. So just a lot so. of different influences. Mm -hmm. All right, Javon. So why don't you tell us about how you came to know God in your life? Well, like I said, my aunt started taking us to church when I was uh, three, when I moved to Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. um, I was like in church but didn't really follow what the church was saying like I knew what the bible said about things and I just lived my life for what I wanted to live it and not really caring about it and then um the reason I moved to Wisconsin let me back it up reverse Terry um my mom had got really sick and she had pneumonia and she passed away so I moved in with my aunt and she wanted to set a great example for us. And it seems like when, when, um, when pe some people think about kids, they automatically think about getting their lives right. So that's what the case, that was just the case for my aunt. I don't know if that's very yeah. common. Yeah. But, my mom didn't really start thinking about religion again until she had us like something mm -hmm. about children and like they're important they need god and mm -hmm. i guess it's a blessing yeah and then it was just a couple of times in my life where i just i knew that god was real but i just didn't like act upon it mm -hmm. like i i don't i don't want to how do i really explain this basically i was in my Bible, but I wasn't, I didn't have a good relationship with God. Let's mm -hmm. just say that. That would be the best way of explaining it. So you read your Bible, you were in the church, but you weren't really walking in that path or doing the things that it said. You were kind of just there. I was just a pew warmer. Yeah, if you ask anybody else growing up, I was like, I sung in the choir. Like, I was just doing stuff like the Saturday, the Sunday worship kind of deal. Like, just to go to church on Sunday mm -hmm. and live my life through the rest of the week. And, like, that's pretty much it. And then it was a time where my grandma, who moved, she had moved in with us because uh, she was getting older. And she already had talked to my aunt about moving in with her. Um... And she poured a lot into me scripturally uh, mm -hmm. and also 
spiritually and life values and things of that nature. And I was about a freshman in high school. And I remember the day because she had multiple strokes a couple weeks beforehand. And the doctor said she only had like a couple months to live. And my aunt, which is her daughter, saw that she was in pain. So we all came to the house as a family. We prayed. And then the next day I was in my room. I was getting ready for school because it was during the school year. And I woke up. My phone was constantly dinging, dinging. And I'm like, why is my phone dinging this early in the morning? Yeah. It was like 7.30, so I look, and of course, I found out my grandma passed away through Facebook while I'm, in, I'm actually in the same house. So I'm coming down the stairs. My One of my aunts, she, she spent the night, I don't know, I guess she just spent the night because the prayer was prayed, mm-hmm. and then all I hear is her trying to whisper to my aunt that... <laughs> My grandma passed away, and I'm like, guys, it's already been put on Facebook. Like, I don't know. And then my aunt came and hugged me, and I just rushed out of the door, honestly, because I was just mad at God because it was a point where I was like, like I was saying, I was just basically just going through the motions and like when bad things were happening in my life, I would just be like, Hey God, can you help me out with this? Like just only reaching out to him when I needed him rather than, well, when I thought I just needed him Mm -hmm. because I need him all the time. But like when bad things happen, I would just reach out to him rather than having that relationship with him and communicating with him. Kind of like the concept of like a life preserver when you're drowning and you can't actually take it any longer. Mm-hmm. Reaching out to God only then when mm-hmm. you're overwhelmed. Yeah. And then um, that happened. And then we end up moving out of our house in Milwaukee like a couple months later because it just started falling apart. You know how houses are, yeah. especially in Wisconsin. They're trash. And then we moved to this apartment in Cudahy. And moving there, I had to find a new church. So we, um, God had put one of my, my aunt's, like, old-time friends in our lives, and she, like, directed us to this church. It was called Cedar Hills Church in Oak Creek. Mm-hmm. And then... I met the pastor's son. His name was Gerald, and that's how I met Jonah, Jared, Dakota, and Caitlin. Um, if you don't know those people, they're very influential people in my life, um, and they're good to know and good to meet. Um, uh, met Gerald. We went to a, <laughs> believe it or not, I went to a retreat. <laughs> And I met, I'm I'm pretty sure the first retreat I met, Jared and Jonah, Dakota, I think was there, and Caitlin was there too. And like, they discipled me through that, that retreat. Mm -hmm. And then I kept coming back to more and more retreats. And then, um, 
uh, Jonah, Jared, and Dakota, they invited me to start coming to their youth group because the the one church in uh, Oak Creek didn't have a youth group at the time. So I started coming to their youth group. And then they were just constantly pouring into me, like showing me uh, biblical truth about things that I didn't that I didn't like comprehend or things that I didn't like follow and also just like showing showing love and compassion through all that. It wasn't just like you're wrong, I'm right. It was it was more of a relational uh kind of um relationship between us all. Like we were all being accountable like when it came to scripture and everything like that. It wasn't just a one way street it was like a friendship and mm -hmm. something you could really grow and feel comfortable in yeah that's awesome and then we went to this other retreat the before mike and timmy left purity that was a good retreat what was that treat, retreat about it was about being uh pure with your actions like not uh, not committing sexual sin and like not uh, having pure thoughts because you can still commit adultery in your heart. Mm -hmm. Says in Matthew. Yeah. So, and it was saying that even though if you did that God forgives you, but you still can't indulge in that. You still have to lean on God for direction and things of that nature. Mm -hmm. God forgives us for sinning, but still is calling us to a higher standard to mm -hmm. give up that sin and push forward. Mm -hmm. Yep. That's basically what that retreat was about before they left. And then they left. I didn't really know Mike like that, like that well, but that retreat, he did disciple me. And mm -hmm. uh, that, I think it was a week. Or was it like a weekend? It was a weekend. Yeah. That weekend. And then that's how I met the youth pastor that I'm helping out now at his youth group, Kevin. <laughs> and that's a story in itself. <laughs> so kind of where did you go from there after like these retreats and this walk? Well... The retreats and then this walk, I started diving in my scriptures more and, and the Bible more mm -hmm. and started being more intentional with my relationship with God. Um, not going to lie and say that it was just like day and night. Like it was still times where I struggled, like mm -hmm. just being wrapped up in what, like being anxious about things and being wrapped up in what people thought of me and things like that. But God wor worked with me with, through those things. Mm -hmm. It's like this concept of like, we're supposed to be in the world, but not of the world. Mm -hmm. And like, we spend our whole lives learning what that really means and like how to live that way because it's so hard because like you're in it and it's so easy to get caught up in the cares and the things that are going on. Mm -hmm. But just learning to like sit back and rest in God and all of that is definitely, yeah. well, the walk of a lifetime. Yeah, I think that God really um, had a hand in all of us meeting mm -hmm. because, like, looking back, 
I'm just thinking about all the people that I came in contact with that who didn't believe in God and who passed away at a young age. Like if I was actually living out what I said I was living out when people asked me was I a Christian, like that could have possibly changed the trajectory of their lives. And that's something that I really am passionate about is about actually living out what I'm preaching and what I believe because you try to share the gospel with somebody, for example, and then you're doing the exact same thing that they're doing. Mm-hmm. What's going to compel them to change? Yeah, it's kind of like that disconnect. It's like you go to church and you do these extra things, but you're not any different than me. So why do I want to give up these certain things to be exactly the same? Mm-hmm. Or like give up my time because time is very valuable, like especially like in the community that I grew up in. Mm-hmm. And so like there's sometimes it's not just a disconnect. Like they say they're Christian and they go to church and you just don't see it. And it's like, well, how are you any different? Like, what's mm-hmm. the point of following your religion and your God if you're no different than I am? Yeah. So that's cool. Um, and it's not saying that, like, we, we are supposed to go out and try to convert people. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying if you're going to, if you if you want to plant that seed of, of thought, mm-hmm. it's a scripture in the Bible that's talking about how they'll know you by your fruit. Yeah. So they'll know you by your actions. So it's a worldly, um, it's a worldly, I'm trying to think of the word I'm trying to use, saying actions speak louder than words. Yeah. So you can say that you're a Christian, but if you're not living it out, who's going to believe you? Definitely. It's just like, I've heard it said once that the most powerful witness is a Christian that is both loving and lovable. Mm -hmm. Because Christians, sometimes they don't show their love like they should. Like we get caught up in the Christianese or our Bibles and we don't show the community how much we care for them. Or, you know, we're so hard and rigid and fast in our rules that almost impossible to love them or accept them mm-hmm. that's great and obviously you're trying to live that out and you're doing a pretty good job from what i know i mean you're javon you're interesting at times but wow. definitely got the lovable part down so thank you i just um feel like during the during i feel like when people are sharing the gospel sometimes it feels like they're just like going off of a script or a narrative. Like it's some, <laughs> and exactly what you're saying. Um, Cause it's my walk for a while. Like it's something you're programmed to say and something you're taught to say, like from mm-hmm. your whole life through, you know, all the words and all of the right actions, but you can tell and you can see the disconnect because it's not affecting their lives. And you can see that, this isn't something that touches you. This isn't something you're passionate about. This is something that you don't invest in. It's just something that you've been pre-programmed to say. Mm-hmm. So that's great. Like talking about the disconnect and, but obviously it's impacting your life and you're wanting to show that to others, like how God's really worked in your life. And so obviously part of that brought you to here to Camp Alaka. And so 
why don't you tell us a little bit about like how you came to Alaska and your ministry here and how that's been impacting you. All right. So I told you that I'm, I'm, I was friends with Jared. So mm -hmm. Jared had came out on a sabbatical in like February, February, I think. And he uh, had came and helped during like the winter snowball camps here. And he was like, oh, he heard about the internship through Mike and Timmy, Dakota and Caitlin. Mm -hmm. And he was like, well, that would be a good a good thing. That will be a good opportunity. So then he came back to Wisconsin. He was like, you know what? Hey. And then he told me about the internship. And I prayed about it. I prayed about it. At first, I was like, I don't think that's going to work because my bro my older brother, he, uh, he has lupus. He came back from college, so I'm taking care of him. Mm -hmm. So I, I didn't think that would work. And then... They uh, found an opportunity for him to come out. He was just not wanting to come. And I prayed about it. And I was like praying, praying, praying. And I'm like, uh, God, God was opening doors for out here for me to come. And I'm like, I can't just not go because God wants me to go out there for a reason. That's why he's opening these doors for me. So I told him he's going to have to figure it out. That sounds so horrible, but <laughs> I, f I made sure he was okay for the two months that we were going to be gone. And then I came out in my van with Jared and Kendra, if you don't know who that is. It's one so, of my youth kids. <laughs> Jared and Kendra also are interns here at Alaka. And yeah, they're nice people. Mm-hmm. You're going to hear Jared's testimony at some point. And then the ministry out here, it is a mission field, believe it or not. Because you got kids that were, that are being raised in the church, just like I was. Mm -hmm. And they're in the same position like I was. Like they know scripture, but they don't know it on a personal level that that it affects their lives. Like they're still wrestling with making that choice to make Jesus their savior. Mm -hmm. That and that point where we all come in our lives where we have our parents' faith and we've grown up in the church and we've seen it all and we've heard it all. We know our scripture. We know how to share whatever. But then there comes to a point where you have to close that gap. You have to make what was your parents and their religion your own. And that can be a difficult shift. Mm -hmm. And it's, I think the internship is a great experience, both with high school interns and the college interns, because mm -hmm. you got a group of believers coming together and discipling one another. That's essentially what it is. Mm-hmm. We're all getting poured into, we're all pouring out to our campers, to our, our high school interns. And it's not like we're just going dry. It's like we we are getting stretched spiritually, don't get me wrong, by being put in out, out, out of our comfort zones. But God didn't call us to comfort. No. In fact, he talks about picking up his cross and following him. Hold up. I got to open up my Bible because you already know where I'm going. 
think I know. <laughs> Luke 14, 25. I'm going to read 25 to 33. Now great crowds accompanied him, and he turned and said to them, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own mother and father and wife and children and brothers, and yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you, desiring to build a tower, does not sit down first and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it? Otherwise, when he is he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all will see it at the beginning and mock him, saying, The man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king goes out to encounter another king in war, will not sit down first and deliberate whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000? And if not, while the other is yet a great off, he sends a delegation and asks the, uh, for terms of peace. So therefore, if any one of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. And that's Jesus talking. That's the cost of the gospel and spreading it. Yep. And like yeah. you can look at that and you can see all the hardship and like I went to an evangelistic school so I understand what you're saying like growth is hard and being pushed outside of your comfort zone and definitely through it I didn't appreciate it as much as I should have mm -hmm. because I just saw like what was in front of me I just like saw the pain and the suffering of like having to go out there and be social and talk to these people I don't know and try to spread the gospel with them and connect with them. And it's so difficult, like, especially if you come from a different culture because you're from Wisconsin and Idaho has a different culture than that. And mm -hmm. my evangelistic school was in Pennsylvania. Obviously, it's a different culture. But to learn to overcome that. But when you, like, get past it, at least especially for me, like, a couple months being done with it, I appreciate it a lot more because like in being shoved outside of your comfort zone in this weird area where you're not very comfortable, you have to find a sense of comfort. So not only are you expanding your comfort zone and getting skills, like you're out there, like you're touching and affecting lives and like we don't always count the cost before we do things, but definitely, <laughs> sorry, someone just opened the door. Um, we don't always count the costs, but mm -hmm. looking back, seeing the costs, it's definitely worth it. So would you say Alaka has had a similar experience in your life? Yes. And I can say that confidently and quickly because it has impacted me, especially with my relationship with God, being more intentional and pointing out things that I was just turning a blind eye to because our society just base, basically makes sin like n nothing happened. Like it's just like a common occurrence in our society and we all do it. And it's just like, it just happened. Yeah. That's definitely the value of a Christian community getting brought back into the evaluation of what sin really is and that separation from God and it's so nice because you're so immersed and surrounded by God that it's easy to have that relationship. But when you leave, it can be such a challenge because you want that same relationship that you had 
but it's a different environment and you have to work for it, which makes your relationship with God so much deeper and more intentional. So definitely Mm -hmm. worth the effort. All right. So apparently we are backing it up, Terry. (laughs) And so Javon, do you want to tell us a little bit more about your life story and how that kind of affected your relationship and walk with God? Mm -hmm. So, like I was telling you, I was I was born in Jackson, Tennessee. Um, my mom, my dad were in church. Um, my dad was uh, he got addicted to drugs and alcohol, and like I was telling you guys, my mom got sick. She got pneumonia, and before she passed away, she called my aunt and had her come and promise her that she'll take me and my two siblings in. So that happened, and then we. It didn't happen right away after she passed. We actually went into foster care for about three months. And then um, she came and got us. And when we came to Wisconsin, well, we were very sick because the climate change, really. It was actually my brother and my sister. I wasn't really that bad. But mm-hmm. and then I started... My I'm like enrolled us into this Christian school. It's called Early View Academy of Excellence. That's what was the name of the school. I don't know if it's still the same name. But I went there for my my K four and K five year, transferred from that school, went to early uh went to Holy Redeemer. It was a it was a Kojic, Kojic school and church. It still is today. Um and I was poured into there by a couple of the teachers there that really impacted my life. Uh, Delvis Malone was one of them. Um, Kenneth Edwards was another one that actually like showed me biblical truth and like lived it out also. Um, but it wasn't right away that I was just like, okay, I'm a, I'm gonna be applying this to my life. Like I was telling you, I was I was upset with God, and it wasn't just from the point of when my grandma passed away. It was brewing for a while, from ever since when my mom passed away, because I just felt like I didn't know my mom, but it was just like I never got a chance to really get to know her, because my mind wasn't... I don't know, fully developed enough to like retain those those memories from that earlier part of my life. So obviously I was mad at God and like it showed mm-hmm. when it came to kids being kids, being rude, talking uh talking rash about yeah. about situations they don't know about, especially about my mom. I was suspended multiple times in elementary school for beating up kids. I'm not really proud of that, obviously. I'm a gentle hearted person and that was just uh situ- it was just a I wouldn't say a phase. It was a season in my life that I was going through. And then I was severely bullied from my fourth grade year until my freshman year because I had this uh medical uh had this medical, um, what is it called? Bracelet? 
condition. Yep, medical condition. I forgot the exact like medical term for it, but it's it was overactive sweat glands basically. So I was sweat like four times as uh, more as a normal person, and I was really bullied about that, especially. Was it just like anxiety, or was it just your body being weird? It was just my body being weird, I think. And then um, from that, I moved after, like, it was like the end of my freshman year. But before I moved, I transferred to another school. So I went from being at a private school from kindergarten all the way to my freshman year, and I transferred to a public school. And that was culture shock because. It was just like, wow, like I never seen this many kids in this, like in a building before and like going to different classes, like honestly. And that was like my first time going through like block scheduling. So like, and they didn't really have any books for me. They didn't have me in an actual schedule. So like I was going there for like two months and just going to random classes. Seriously? Yeah. And my mom doesn't, <laughs> my mom didn't even know about that, but yeah. I was going to random classes for about two months. Like, I'll show up one day and the teacher's like, oh yeah, you need to do this. So then I transferred out of that school because we we finally found where we were gonna move to. Mm -hmm. And then I, I transferred to Cudahy. That transfer, I think it was pretty okay, I guess. Like the first day I met a couple of people there, nice to me. But it seemed like as soon as I like, told them that I was Christian, they were just, like, turned off, and they are just like, yeah, we're not gonna hang out with you, and then, like, I don't know, I just, I feel like I was just still going through the motions, like, I wasn't being really intentional with my, with my, uh, walk with God, like, like I was saying, it was just, like, the, the life jacket effect. Yeah, and, well, you mentioned that you were kind of were mad at God for, like, mm -hmm. your mom being God in your life. And, like, if you don't work through, like, that process or, like, that upset feelings you have towards God, because, mm -hmm. like, I have some pretty vengeful feelings towards God about having to struggle with depression. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, God, why? And, like, if you don't ask those questions, it creates, like, this barrier. It's like this zone that you don't want to create tension in your life. Mm -hmm. So you just don't acknowledge it. But if you don't get past that barrier, you're kind of stuck on like this one note relationship with God of like, you're not going deeper in your walk. You're not really having a relationship because you can't talk about like this big elephant in the room. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then that was like right after my grandma passed when we moved. Mm -hmm. So then I transferred to Cudahy, and then that's when I met Gerald, and then, like, it wasn't just, like, a retreat after another, it was, like, we had a retreat in the spring, retreat in the winter, retreat in the fall, I think, and then, but it didn't just happen over a year, it happened over a course of a couple of years, mm -hmm. so it was, like, I was in my sophomore year at Cudahy when I transferred there, and then I just feel like I failed in that regard when it comes to when when Jesus told the disciples to go to the ends of the earth and make disciples. Yeah. I failed in that when it came to 
my walk in high school because mm-hmm. I knew biblical truth. I didn't even apply it to my own life. So people were not receptive at all. And I know that it's not our our job to convert people. It's our job to plant a seed. But that seed, I feel like, even though, because it's scripture saying that seeds fall on, I can find it. It's in Matthew. It's in Luke, too. It's in all the Gospels. Yeah, but it's all in the Gospels because they're firsthand accounts. Just from different It's the parable of the sower and the seed in the yes. four different grounds. The mm-hmm. rocky ground, the thorny ground, the wayside, and the good soil. Yep. And it's just so like, I was just putting the knowledge that I had under a bowl and not actually applying it to my life and actually sharing it to people. And that's where I, like, after being discipled by Dakota and Jared and um, Caitlin, I swear I, like, really feel like I just did an egregious thing towards God, especially not just, not just sin, but that also, because it was like, God put me in those positions for re- for reasons that I didn't understand, but I still should have been sharing the gospel and still should have been living out the things that I said I was living out. And I just feel like, like you said, that barrier was there. I just feel like, it came to a point where I was like, I'm going to be living for God or I'm just going to be a hypocrite. And that crossroads came pretty fast, I would say. It was like my, it was the end of my junior year of high school and that's when I made the decision really to live for God and I started helping out with uh, the youth group with Jared and Jonah's youth group Mm -hmm. and then I started uh, volunteering for Youth for Christ which is a a non-profit in, in Wisconsin where we have ministries inside the schools so we just like the kids have pizza. We give them, give them pizza, and then we share a gospel with them. And then I started diving deeper in my Bible, obviously, because some of those I had to teach some of the lessons. But some of those lessons were rough because they, I I was depending on myself and my knowledge rather than being spirit-led it was more topical preaching if that makes sense not really a practical application to life Mm -hmm. that can be hard like even when you were trying to be spirit-led to like remember to make it applicable back to life and because ultimately like 
in First Corinthians, it talks about how Paul planted the seeds, Paulos watered, but the Lord provided the increase. Like, we pray and we do what we can, but ultimately they have to be willing and accepting for fruit to happen. Well, that's... For that ex specific example, that could be brought into daily life. Mm-hmm. Like, for example... It's probably going to be a horrible analogy, but <laughs> I'm going to say it anyway. So We can edit it. We can plant a seed and water it, but it can't grow without what? God's good ground. Sun. True. So it can't grow without S-U-N. <laughs> but <laughs> Jesus is S-O-N. The sun. And I just think that with that, when I started walking with God and being more attentive with my relationship, it didn't get easier. Like, I still struggle with things. Mm -hmm. Like, like uh, secret sin. People don't really talk about and like just just thoughts. Yeah. And like being having like being coarse joking sometimes, like it's just a struggle that you deal with, but you can't deal with it alone. Mm -hmm. And that's why God's there to help you. I think there's this misconception in our minds often is that we think like the longer we walk with God, like the easier it will be, which in a sense it's true. Yes, because we learn to rely on him more, but the same sense, the closer you come to God, the more you see yourself for who you really are. Like I've learned so much about myself recently and not mm -hmm. good things. Like I've learned about how bad my temper can be and how, mean I can be in aspects of that because the closer we come to God and the more that we realize his perfect reflection the more we can see in ourselves our own sin and that can be very overwhelming as you start to realize how loving and wonderful God is and you realize man I am just a sinful awful human being and the closer you come to God the more that picture is revealed and the more of your own sins you see so it becomes easier in a sense but the sins that you starts to bring out and that you struggle with are bigger they start to become giants that god with prayer helps you slay god they get bigger but we got a big god though mm -hmm. and that's what some people that are intrigued or like interested in christianity you ask questions if we don't know I would encourage people, fellow believers, if they don't know an answer to a question, show humility and just let them know that you don't know. Because mm -hmm. I feel like that's a huge, like, with my walk, I've seen it multiple times where people would just give their, their, like, idea of what they think the scripture is saying rather than what the scripture is actually saying. And 
it just puts them in a bad, bad pattern. How did I say this? It causes more damage than good. Mm-hmm. There's something about being humble and being vulnerable and saying, I don't know the answer. And like, you know, just be honest with them in the front and be like, why don't we both like read up and study on that? And like, maybe we can find it out together or mm-hmm. well, let me go study. Like, you know, because like, when you're genuine, people can tell and they appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now I've got to backtrack. All right. So back Put to in my, reverse, Terry. Yeah. So back to my, my life story. <clears throat> we moved to Cudahy and that was going on. My aunt, she got breast cancer and that was, ooh, that was tough to deal with. Mm, yeah. So I was constantly praying, constantly praying and like praying that. I'm a, I'm asking for healing and like now this at this time I'm being discipled by Jared Dakota and Caitlin Caitlin that I'm not upset with God at the, at this I'm not upset with God anymore when I'm praying to Him and I feel like I'm closer to Him more than I ever was in my life and she did get healed from it um, she's been cancer free for a while now yay and then. That happened. So much happened. Then we stayed in Cudahy after I graduated high school. And I was in my freshman year of college. And I I think I don't remember. I know I was at the I was at I was at our house doing something. And um I told my told my aunt that I was going to school, and she was like, "Okay, love you." And then I was like, "Love you too." So then I go to school, and like I was in class, and like the first ten minutes of class, my phone rings, and I'm like, "Who's calling me?" And I look, and it's my aunt, and I'm like, "Well, she knows I'm in school, so it's obviously an emergency." So yeah, I. I asked my teacher, could I go out in the hallway and um, answer the phone? And she got on the phone and she's like, Javon, I need you to come home as soon as possible. So I go home. I told my teacher what, what happened. So they let me go. So I didn't like get a strike against me for missing class. And then I went went home and she was like there with this random guy. I don't even know. So I literally just come in the house because my, my room was in the back back of the apartment. So it was the back door, basically. And this, this guy in this black suit was just sitting in my, my kitchen. And my mom was just bawling her eyes out. And I'm like, what happened? What's wrong? And then she tells me that my oldest brother got shot and killed. And my heart just dropped because I was like, what happened like that's what literally that's where my mind went like how did it happen yeah and come to find out my my mom actually talked to him the night before and he said that he was at work 
and then the news report came out and everything and the crazy thing is is uh, she literally like heard the news report of where it was where it had happened the night before and mm-hmm. she was like oh that that she like her heart dropped because she thought it was my brother but she was like no he's at work he told me he was at work mm-hmm. and when that happened like i saw my aunt really fall apart and that tore me up for sure not just seeing her in that state but like me still trying to process it myself and at that time i was i was working at ups and i was like working the twice shift so i was like unloading trucks and like the next day i had to go to work mm-hmm. and i couldn't like i couldn't perform at the same level because level, i was literally still trying to process everything that was going on and then uh we i had to take time out to help my aunt plan the funeral for my older my oldest brother and so what did happen he so he was at home but before they he got dropped off at home they were all hanging out at a bowling alley mm-hmm. and apparently my brother went to the to the guy's car he was with and the guy claimed that my brother stole eighty dollars from him. And because he my brother went to the car because he he went to go smoke and he was the only one in the car. So he dropped my brother off at home and he said he told the police that he had drove back to the north side of Milwaukee, but my brother lived on the south side. They pinged the guy's phone, and he just stayed in the area, and it was him and three other guys. Um, he knocked, he banged on his door, banged on his door, banged on his door until my brother came outside, held him at gunpoint, patted him down, didn't find what he was looking for. My brother ran, and they all shot him. Wow. And then my brother was, he ran around his whole, his whole block and ended up in his own backyard. And he was trying to crawl back to his front yard, and they shot him just point blank when he was laying on the ground. I remember going out there for a, a candlelight vigil, like the next day, and you just saw like the divots in the concrete because they were standing right over him. Hmm. And so you were processing all of that, and you had to take time off of work, and you were helping your aunt out, and. I mean, obviously that was very rough because that was just not justice. Yeah. I literally had to, I quit my job that time because I didn't know how long I would be processing it. And it was just a a long process of my own. Mm -hmm. So I just took that time to actually show love to her and compassion to her and Work the work the emotions out that I had. I'm still actually working through that. That's actually the first time I really talked about that out in the open before, besides my close friends like Jared and Dakota. And then that was another thing. Then my sophomore year of college. 
I was still dealing with some heartache, I would say. I don't know if it was heartache, but it was uh, my... Got to back it up because I forgot to tell us. Back it up, Terry. <laughs> so we were... I was a junior in high school, and we had junior prom. And I asked this girl to go to prom with me because it's like she piqued my interest. And I, like, hung out with her because my birthday was, like, 10 days before prom. And I, like... I was really seeking a relationship with this girl, and she knew that from the jump. So, I hung out with her, then we went to the swing park or something, I don't know. And then I dropped her off at her uh, best friend's grandparents because they were house-sitting. And I sent her a text message that night, and like when I got home, and I was like, Hey, I'm, I'm happy I started talking to you because... I wasn't going to you because I'm not really that open. I'm afraid of rejection. She's like, rejection? What are you talking about? I was like, rejection. She was like, Javon, I just want to be friends. And I was like, that's the rejection I was talking about. And then I had to give him a ride to school the next day because I already said I would. Being a man of my word, I pick him up. That was the quietest car ride of my life. And I did cry myself to sleep that night. And... My aunt knew something happened, obviously, because yeah. she called them sad, sad boy hours when she heard uh, <laughs> sad music playing in my room. <laughs> my mom is act my aunt is actually really hip, dude. Honestly, so then um, I was still dealing with that when my sister she uh, fell behind on her bills. That's the best way to put it. And she ended up getting evicted from her house. And me and my aunt were in a two-bedroom apartment. So I let her and my nephew stay in my room while I could, because so, I could stay at multiple other people's houses. Mm -hmm. So I stayed at my friend Ryan's for a while. And then his dad, uh, well, I was overstaying my welcome. So I left there. And then I stayed at Jared's for like two months on his couch, crying like a little girl. Jared would detest this all day. Like literally come home listening to the same song. He's like, boy, stop listening to that song. <laughs> <laughs> like it was bad. So dealing with that my sophomore year of high school, I feel like God really used that time to work in my heart with all the emotional pain that I was feeling during that time because I was still dealing with the issues with the situation about my brother. I'm still kind of dealing with that. And then also the 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 heartache from junior year, I guess. It wasn't really a heartache. I think I feel like God just was, like, looking out for me, just dodged a bullet, you know? Well, you know. Sometimes it's good when relationships we want don't work out. Yeah, God's sovereign. And we're here now. Here now. Despite yeah. pain, trial, heartache, things we can't process, understand, cope with, things we want to scream at God about, we're here. It's a common denominator, and that's God's sovereignty. God puts us in places that may feel uncomfortable, that may hurt, 
in, in certain ways, but it's for us to grow. I feel like if I didn't go through that experience with with all the things I wouldn't I did I went through in my life, I feel like that I wouldn't have been t- being more intentional with my walk with God. I feel like God was basically how, and and Luke fourteen uh, saying how you if you don't love your mother and all that, even your own life if you hate that. God wants to be first in all of our lives because He created us. He showed us so much love and compassion when we didn't deserve it. When we literally disobeyed Him in the beginning of time, we made the conscious decision, but yet He didn't. Put it in reverse, Terry. He sent this on to die for our sins, to give us a second chance mm-hmm. to be in relationship with him. So, in the, in the words of scripture, well, not in the words of scripture, but the ball's in your court now. Yeah. He's done everything that he can for us. He has... Tilled the soil, planted the good vine, put a watchtower around us and a hedge of protection. And he's given us everything so that we could grow. And so it's just up to us how we grow. Whether we become a wild grapevine that bears no fruit, or if we are the vine that he planted. But he's given us everything that we need. Well, thank you, Javon, for coming and sharing. We really appreciate it. And do you mind if I pray with you before we go? Mm-hmm. Dear Father in heaven, thank you for Javon and for him sharing his story. I know it can be very hard, especially when you're a more private and reserved person and you just don't really like to share that much. And thank you for learning that despite trials or whatever we go through, that you're there with us, even when we're nominal and not walking the walk that we are supposed to be, that you're where that you're there with us and growing us always. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. All right. Well, thank you. And bye.